Welcome to Monday through Friday, Cellular Agriculture for a Pandemic-Free Future. My name is George Ortega. This is episode number 47, and I'm recording it on Wednesday, September 9th at 8.48 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, I'd like to continue with this prospect that we can create a much, much better world by ending the farming of animals and um, transitioning to cellular agriculture so that we can continue to eat as much meat, fish, dairy, and eggs as we'd like. My most recent thought was actually perhaps to change the, the, the title of this series or, or the format um, to, um, to veganism for a... Um, pandemic-free future, you know, that's a very optimistic take, um, believing that, um, that, you know, meat consumption, meat, dairy, eggs, it's not all that healthy for us anyhow, but um, I have to think about that. But the other, the other part is that I've been taking a very, very optimistic perspective um, under the assumption that we have suffered so much, you know, lost lives, illnesses, um, lost jobs, just across the board, lost money, uh, expected to be eight trillion, that that um, that we will very, we will very, very, um, very certainly, you know as we're moving out of this pandemic, understand that uh, the only way we're gonna be reasonably safe from future pandemics is to end the farming of animals, especially the factory farming, and transition to cellular agriculture. But, you know, before we continue on this, you know, because I, you know, I, I, I'm optimistic about it still, because the, the alternative is, is a bit too dire. So, but, but, you know, for this episode, let's explore this alternative. Let's say that the business is the money that controls, you know, the governments, our world, for some unfathomable reason, um, is not on board with this. And, and, and we as citizens can't defeat them at, at ballot box. I mean, like, you know, um, ideally, this should happen, you know, in, in March, April of 2021. But let's consider this prospect um, because, it, you know, I was thinking about this earlier today and, you know, we, we you know, led by these businesses really, you know, these businesses, um, their, their ethics are certainly no better than ours and probably a lot worse. Um, we, we pay people to, to abuse and torture over 70 billion land animals each year. We abort every more lives, as many lives each year, as die of every other cause combined. We keep close to a billion people in extreme poverty that, that, that kills their children at a rate of almost 10 million a year from causes that are largely preventable. We're ignoring climate change. We're essentially ignoring the fate of, of our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, I mean, the, the you know, humanity. 
And so the prospect is we are really evil. You know, I, I, I go through this over and over. I don't blame us. I were the last people I blame. I'm the last person to blame anyone because I understand that, you know, you know as, as Einstein and Freud and Darwin and Newton all understand, these guys, these guys are our top scientific minds historically. You know, nobody's even in their league you know, among the scientists. So like, you know, I, I, I agree with them. They got it right. We don't have a free will. So like, it's not like we should blame ourselves for this, um, this profound evil. But you know, it'd be, it'd be wise to, um, to consider that we live in a world that notwithstanding, we are rewarded when we do good and punished when we don't. Okay, sometimes we're rewarded, I mean, um, when we don't do good and, 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 and you know, punished when we don't do evil, apparently. I mean, like, it's only ever a guess, but, but I think we have an experience in the world to, to understand that, generally speaking, that's the way our world works. So, you know, the, the, the thought came to me, you know, all right, so um, these, these corporations, the livestock industry is worth $1.3 trillion, you know, um, they may not allow us to end their industry. You know, they would, they would much rather just continue to, uh, to be, um, you know, to making money uh, regardless of what, what the cost to, to the world is. And um, so, I mean, I'm not, it, it's hard for me to, um, to envision, I mean, let's back up, let's back up. Um, it's hard for me to imagine in a year or two or however long it takes, we're, we're, we're basically pulling out of, of, uh, of this pandemic. You know, we're not wearing masks anymore. And, um, and the social distancing has, is no longer necessary. Um, you know, this conversation, you know, it'll be a global conversation. I mean, like, you know, what are we supposed to do to remain free of pandemics in the future? That epidemiologists, uh, experts tell us are inevitable, you know, unless we, profoundly change our ways. Um, I can't, I'm sorry, I cannot imagine, fine, we are evil, it's not our fault, we're evil, but we are evil, but I don't think we're that stupid, you know? I mean, sometimes our, our evil is really stupid, you know, like, like, like it, it, it basically, um, it doesn't recognize that, that there is a God, you know, who judges us and rewards and punishes us. That's, that's pretty dumb. But, um, but this is a matter of self-interest. You know, we, we tend to be pretty good, you know, at, at protecting our self-interest. Um, not the self-interest of our children, great-grandchildren, great-grandchildren, you know, and um, future generations. Um, we don't consider that our self-interest for whatever reason, but, but in terms of, you know, our everyday lives today, we really do um, consider that. And, um, I mean, we, 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 we value our, our self-interest. So, um, I mean, what, what would be the argument, 
what, what argument could, could politicians, could corporations, people who, who really don't want to do this, maybe it's Trump, Trump has people also, who knows, uh, what argument could they present for not doing this? Um, now, actually, let me, let me be a bit fairer to them. Um, they may be positing that, um, that the task of getting the world together on this, of, of building factories in every poor country in the world, in every country of the world, really, but you know, especially in, you know, the difficulty would be in some of these poor countries, some of them they have dictators, um, the Middle Eastern countries, some of them, um, our leaders may conclude that we, we you know, that's, we can't do that. There, there's too much division. I, thinking about that now, I, I can't buy it because again, like, you know, these, these poor countries are, um, are um, in danger too, unless, unless some of these poor countries are thinking to themselves, well, wait a minute. You know, um, let's say we, um, we end future pandemics. We're, ex we're still extremely poor and still vulnerable to the effects of climate change and the rich countries are not doing anything to help us. You know, so, so these poorer countries, again, especially some with dictators, may say, sorry, we're not gonna participate. We're not gonna cooperate in this, in making a pandemic-free future because there's not enough incentive for us. That's a possibility. And, and that's perhaps a, um, a reason that some people who, who wouldn't want this to happen would try to convince the, um, the I mean, basically the, their message would be something like, well, you know, it's a great idea and we wish we could get everybody on board, but you know, some of these poor countries, they don't want to participate and we don't, we can't make them. We can't militarily go in there and, and just force them to, uh, to cooperate. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that's conceivable. Um, all right, so yeah, all right. <laughs> Again, this, is, this, this episode is about presenting a worst case scenario that, so it doesn't get done. It doesn't get done, and um, and we're living in this world where um, you know pandemics are to be expected, and so like you know it, we're basically living in a world of fear. Maybe I'm overestimating, you know, how that would feel to people. Maybe people are quite adept, adept, um, capable of. Just, you know, we're, we, um, this happened, let's put it behind us and let's move forward. I mean, we weren't like this during 9-11. After 9-11, you know, we just, again, we created a new federal department, uh, Department of Homeland Security to deal with future threats. So it's not like in that case, we said, well, you know, this is, this is just a one in a, you know, a lifetime event. It's not gonna happen again. So, so from that perspective, I guess I, I find it difficult to um, to accept that we would would allow this. And I guess the other thing is like, you know, the the only viable viable opposition excuse me opposition to this would come from 
corporations, you know, because nobody else has the money, you know, rich people, you know, some of these billionaires, whatever. Uh, nobody else has the money um, to fight something like this. And, you know, I, I, I heard Sanders say recently the top three richest people in the world own more wealth than the bottom one, 50% put together. I mean, that's, that's beyond, um, there's something wrong there. You know, um, decades from now, I think we'll look back and, and, and they'll wonder, you know, how we, we allowed that kind of a system to, uh, to continue as long as it, it did. Um, but, but basically, um, you know, if you're a business, um, if you have money, even like, because this, you know, again, this, we, we lucked out with this one. We lucked out. This, this is a, um, this, this virus doesn't really kill all that effectively. You know, the, 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 the danger, of course, is that it, it spreads very easily because it spreads without contagion or without symptoms. But again, as I mentioned, I think during the last episode, you know, let's say a virus with this characteristic of, of, um, spreading very easily combines um, with a, a virus because they, they do that they, they they combine and mutate they share their their traits so you know two viruses combine one is extremely lethal let's say 40 times more lethal than this one like like some of ours in the past have been you know at least that, not pandemics but um at least not recently but epidemics um so that would be a really, really devastating scenario. And um, yeah, um, and then there's also the, the risk of, of, of bioterrorism. You know, the, these poor countries, they know they're being left behind with climate change. You know, some, some of these islands are going under, you know, they're, they're you know, some places are just like, becoming less inhabitable, that the sea level is rising. And, and so we, you know, I guess, you know, a bad actor could, um, could conceivably just create one of these viruses in a lab and spread it, you know. That's scary. I mean, you know, but, but that, that might be, you know, as we're moving forward with climate change and the poor countries are being left behind, that's a that's a plausible scenario, um, but I don't I don't think we have to. Um, and and you know that 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 tells you we really need to create a world where where people are not so disadvantaged, are not so extremely poor that they have nothing to lose by by doing things like that. Um, but but again, I think that this is all the speculation is quite extreme. Let's let's go back to. Um, just the economics. I mean, the risk of a pandemic like this is real, you know, and, and, and we're seeing that, you know, its effects are much more. And again, we're talking now. And then, you know, I'm wondering how we'll be talking about this a year from now when, when we're fi finally not wearing masks, you know, um, when we'll have seen the the fuller effect economic effect uh, effect on, on on lives and health of this current crisis i just i can't you know i can't conceive that um that the business community would be so so reckless so so confident 
that uh, that it's not going to happen again, you know. Um, but uh, that's that's a um, that certainly is a possibility. I mean, you know, who would have thought, you know, that we'd have Trump as a president? And you know, I mean, <laughs> going back to this this um, this matter of evil, you know, I I'm, I've been a progressive, you know, my my entire adult life pretty much, and. Um, and, um, you know, to me, it was like the Republicans are really the bad guys, you know, across the board. Then, you know, when, when Trump won, I just like began to, to just look at the Democratic Party and then and look at especially the issue of abortion, you know, whereas we should have been fighting for a way to, to ensure mothers, you know, parents, that their children would be well provided for because i imagine the vast majority of abortions you know every year again about 50 million of them um, are the result of people not being able to or thinking that they can't afford another child you know they're in that much poverty or or just um simply not having this 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 value of human life that much perhaps because um you know, in combination with, with you know, the, the struggles that, that parents face. You know, look at the, this coronavirus, look, look what's happening with schools and daycare centers and all. So, um, so yeah, so like, I guess, you know, what I'm trying to say is that, yeah, um, you know, the, the Republicans with their ignoring the, the, the rights of people in the future and the Democratic Party ignoring the rights of the unborn you know, there's a lot of evil to, to go around. And um, so, yeah, so, all right. So conceivably, we, um, we decide to not do anything. Well, I mean, at that point, uh, you know, I guess the, the, you know, there's not much else to say. You know, it's just a waiting game. I mean, like, maybe they'll be smart enough to um, invest $50 billion, not in, um, in cellular agriculture, but in universal vaccines. And maybe instead of taking 20, 10, 20, 30 years or 40 years, you know, we, we might have these in 10 years. Um, and maybe we'll be lucky, you know, maybe we'll be lucky. But, you know, if that's the case, that, that's a bit unfortunate because I, I doubt in these following 10 years that we would experience, fine, we will have um, dodged the, uh, the pandemic bullet, but you know, climate change is not like that. Climate change is, is like, is a lot more inevitable. Climate change is like, you know, it's on a schedule. And like, for example, with the, with the permafrost, the, the frozen, frozen regions of Canada and upper latitudes, you know, parts of Siberia and all, they are, melting they're they're basically frozen and they're melting you know about 50 60 70 years before they were expected to melt they were supposed to melt and they have like they contain more greenhouse gases two twice as many greenhouse gases as are already in the atmosphere <laughs> so um so it could be that that our civilization is on a um a downward spiral that will continue, and um, and yeah, and so like in that case, I mean, like to strike an optimistic note, 
and then we have to get all philosophical. <laughs> then we have to consider, well, you know, like, I mean, let's take, let's look at the big picture, you know, like our, our, our known universe, you know, forget about what, what it was like before the Big Bang, but what we know, what science tells us, you know, um, has been here almost 14 billion years. You know, and, and logic tells us that, you know, time is going to go on, you know, trillions, you know, I mean, like, will there be an end to time? I'm not, I'm not sure that logically that, that will hold that, that you know, because, you know, some people say that there was nothing before the Big Bang. No, there was something, you know, <laughs> there is nothing happens ex nihilo. You know, even, even with, you know, if you get theological, God created the world from God because God is eternal. You know, and, and if, if God was the only thing that existed before this recent, you know, Big Bang universe or, you know, theologically before this world, you know, described in the Bible, then, you know, it stands to reason the only, only substance that God could have created the world from was God. So, um, but anyway, so like under that scenario, you know, we, we just basically say, well, you know, I mean, it's not a great loss, you know, we're, we're, we're destined, we're limited to be here, what if we're really lucky, 110, 120 years, you know, um, and that, you know, who, who, who lives that long? Most of us, you know, live much shorter lives. And, and we're, we're facing this, this, you know, eternity of not existing, at least in this incarnation, who knows what happens next. So like, so yeah, one take on this is like, no big loss, we're gonna die anyhow, you know. And, and relatively in the scheme of things, it's, it's just, you know, it's just a blip on the radar. Um, that, that, um, that's a possibility. That's a possibility. It's a possible that, that that will be our, our mindset, you know, that um, we'll just develop kind of like a very Buddhist perspective of, of, of acceptance, you know, that yes, we value life today but not necessarily tomorrow the next day um well no that's not the Buddhist perspective but that you know that's what we'd essentially be doing and and you know hoping and praying that um things um turn out less bad than than like with climate change we expect all right well you know i mean we um again i could probably explore this in more detail i haven't thought about it all that much it's a possibility. It's a possibility. For some reason, it just doesn't seem that realistic to me that, um, again, $8 trillion. Um, I, I wonder how much the, the GDP of the United States is. Let me just do a quick search for a minute. Hold on. Um, because I have a feeling it's a um, substantial. Uh, the GDPs are our income every year you know what what the, the the value of our products and services every year all right so like in the united states um 20 trillion dollars in 2018 that was our our national income so we're, we're expected to lose about less than half of that um well those are those are big numbers but you know Again, um, I, I guess, you know, maybe I'm overestimating the, the power of corporations of the rich in this. Maybe, maybe it's the people who, you know, the mom and pop 
businesses who are out of business now, the, the people who lost lives and jobs and, uh, you know, maybe, um, maybe just the people like, like we finally, you know, decided to, to form a country and, and end slavery and, you know, um, give women the right to vote and, and, and blacks the, the, you know, the right to vote. And, um, yeah, maybe, 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 um, that probably, that's a reasonable expectation that, you know, the rich can control things so far, but like, yeah, and then a good example is like during the depression, the Great Depression, you know, 1928, 29, was it 29? Um, it, um, people became so poor that um, I think within three election cycles, three two-year election cycles, the, the, the Republican Party, which was, was opposed to uh, New Deal programs, FDR's New Deal programs, they lost 40 seats in the Senate and a comparable number of seats in the House of Representatives. That's how dramatically the mood of the country shifted and the power of the country shifted. You know, that, 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 um, that shift of support to FDR was, was what enabled him to uh, to create the jobs that got people through the depression and you know made things so much better. So yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna you know, I just fine. We're we're evil. I get that, but I think we have a certain amount of self-interest that will um, prevail. That will you know prevail over the influences like big business who who may not really you know. I mean again, by my understanding, it would be to their advantage and benefit. You know this cost-benefit analysis, um, this risk analysis. To my mind, they would be foolish to 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 stop. You know this shift from from livestock to um, cellular agriculture. But but you never know. All right. Well, I just had to um, to present this kind of scenario because you know and and you know eventually. All right. Whether it's months or, or in a year or two, you're going to be seeing articles about this because this this conversation is not going to just be limited to some guy on a local cable who uploads the shows to the internet. Um, you know, the New York Times, Washington Post, they're all going to pick up on this. People are going to be talking about this. And, um, and yes, once that happens, we'll have a much better take on how, you know, how we stand, where we stand, how, how important is our civilization to us? How, how much risk are we um, comfortable with? All right, well, I guess that's tonight's episode. Um, tomorrow I'm gonna get back right to the, uh, the more, you know, we can create an amazingly wonderful world by, you know, by doing this, you know, because all it represents are getting together and all this. And I think that's what's going to happen. So I'm gonna stay with that, um, you know. And you know, if, if I read something that makes me um, consider again, I'll, I'll I'll do another one of these episodes, I guess. All right, so uh, thanks for watching. Uh, continue to watch this on Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. on White Plains Community Media Channel 76 if you get Optimum, 45 if you get Verizon. This is also on YouTube, and the audio versions are on iTunes, Spotify, and other platforms. And um, yeah, again, this is episode number 47. It's going to be the, the, the really, and, and you know, it's interesting. I, I, you know, I may be continuing to do the, these episodes, you know, into the middle of 2021. I don't know, but it'll just, you know, 
God willing, we will, um, we will wake up, start doing the right thing and create a much better world. Thanks for watching and God willing, I will see you tomorrow, um, tomorrow night. Thanks.